If I had a dollar for every time I would answer this phone, I wouldn't even have enough for a quarter water. What's good, y'all? I'm about to record this new episode of Miseducation of the People. It's a war going on outside. No man, woman, or individual is safe from. And it's crucial right now that we learn how to tap into our spiritual side and get in touch with our ancestors. So we had to get Juju Bay from a little Juju podcast to come here and spit the knowledge. She's breaking down what hoodoo is and the role that it played in protecting our ancestors during the period of enslavement. She shares a story how hoodoo played a role in protecting Frederick Douglass from his master, the power of music, sex magic, and much more. All right, so get ready. Let's go. Beats by Pete Samples. Miseducation. You, what it is, yo, what's up? It's the bodyguard, aka Body So Smooth, they can't believe it's not butter. New Shout out to Shea Naturals by T for the superior moisture protection. Nah, man. I bet not see none of y'all out here with the ashy ball heads, alright? I'm about to fill up some water balloons with some lotion, and I'm lighting cats' heads up, just headshots all day long. Bow, 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 I shout out to the vertically challenged people with high hopes that always seem to come up short. Shout out to the countries that's out there listening in the cities, you know, shout out to the followers for real, because the numbers is growing. I'm looking like, oh, shit. And uh, shout out to Canada, Belgium. I think I saw some Dublin in there, too. Like y'all out here listening. I appreciate y'all for real. Tell your peoples out there. What's good? Shout out to the grown ass men. are still out here dirty macking. Um, I always say I'm not perfect. We all got a pass. Not me. So, you know, I, I got to admit I was a top five sniper that alive. My hoochie man, LaFleur days. Not me. The original Mr. Still Your Girl before Trey songs came out here. But enough of me talking. I think it's time for me to tell another former fuckboy fable. I bet. So boom, right? See what happened was, right? Freshman year of college. You know, that that's when um, I finally came out my shell, you know. Finally got rid of the braces, the glasses. Now, I mean, the acne was still was out here. Ridiculous. Looking like pizza face, but it's all good, though. Now, I mean, you know, little baby weight dropped a little bit. I was running track, all that good stuff, right? And college was like where I really just was out here bugging, bugging. I mean, but, you know, it's... It's college. You got to live and learn. You know, I wasn't out here doing no regular shit. Nothing where I was forcing my will on woman. Absolutely. I will make that very clear. I mean, but uh, yeah, it was this particular young lady, you know, from the towers, B floor. You know, everybody used to be out here on B floor, Willie P. Shout out to y'all. All right. So, um, you know, we was just chilling. Caught my eye. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Right. So we started talking and all that stuff. Find out she had a dude. And me at the time, you know, it was savage mode. And I mean, no 21 savage. But um, back then, I was like, oh, word. So she started talking because, you know, we, we drinking liquor. We was out here, Everclear gang. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why we was doing Everclear. Shots straight to the face back in the day. And the mixed drink was Everclear and Gatorade. But anyway, I digress, right? So we was talking, and I found out she had to do whatever. But then she started talking about all the shit he was doing that was foul. And the light went off, and the kind of like the angel and devil came on my shoulder. And the devil was like, yo, your turn. Just bag it. So, you know, I, it's, I was young, dumb, full of cum, right? So, what had happened was, right, I was like, damn, he doing that to you? Nah, he bugging. He don't know he got those hands. Just stuff like that, you know? 
over the next couple of days, same thing, you know, just really creeping in a little bit, you know, nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. And then, you know, I ended up actually bagging her. Now the kicker is, right? She went back to dude, <laughs> like months later. We were together for a few, you know what I mean? But it was all good, you know? Fun times, good memories, you know what I mean? But I'm convinced dirty macking results in your hairline getting pushed back. Hence why I got the baldy, right? That's karma. <laughs> My shit ain't been same after that incident. But it's all good though, you know what I mean? Let's get into some shit what's going on right here, right? Um, Nevin Baker, please uh, excuse me if I did not pronounce that correctly. Uh, 22 was found lynched in Orlando, Florida on October 5th. And of course, the police ruled that his cause of death was a suicide immediately, despite autopsy reports of his jaw being misaligned and a variety of bumps and bruises on his face. 2020, people are still being lynched out here. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, I definitely send nothing but good vibes and positivity to the family. Um, this shit has to stop. It's been occurring a lot over the past couple months, especially over the summertime. Um, there was an incident in Jersey. And the sad thing is that none of this is ever covered in the news at all. So I want to make this very clear. You know, this shit is going on out here. So please be careful for real. Um, and, you know, I, I, I send nothing but protection to all my people out there because shit's it's, it's real raw here. Um, as y'all know, you know, this coronavirus shit's going on and with y'all man's Trump, he's out there in DC spreading shit, but now there's news of a super spreader event. So please be careful out there. And especially we about to get into these winter months. Um, you know, I know y'all want to be indoors, but please, please, please think carefully because we are the ones that are being affected by it the most, right? Um, New York city, New York is always on some bullshit. It's usually New York and Florida, right? But New York City has canceled $9 million of deferred payouts to teachers because of financial crisis. However, their budget for NYPD is in the billions. So I don't understand, you know, but it, I, I see what the point of it is. You know, when you have uninformed citizens, then that is the easiest way for you to control them. So that's what they're doing. They're cutting funds to our education systems and you know they're putting it to other areas so please very be very aware um honestly i'm thinking about homeschooling um we're gonna have an episode about homeschooling coming up in the future but definitely we need to start rethinking about what we are doing when it comes to educating our youth because we're seeing that the current system is not working at all and i am not optimistic for what's going to occur in the future especially if we are relying on this government and we're seeing all the bullshit that they are doing Last episode, um, I had mentioned about the ballots um, with mailing stuff out, but I forgot to mention that uh, people's towns, counties have ballot boxes that you can drop your stuff instead of mailing it. Um, there are some instances of fake ballot boxes popping up. These Republicans will do anything to steal the vote. So please check with your local government sites for the official locations. Um, I, I know in Texas, they're not playing fair at all. You know, Texas got some big ass counties, but they only have one box for some areas. Um, so please make sure y'all still get that vote out there. It's crucial. Um, don't be on no bullshit saying, oh, the votes don't count. Don't matter. Yes, they matter. Um, and don't be out here doing no dumb shit voting for Kanye West coon ass too. Always pulling some Tom Connery old uh, uh, chipmunk looking ass. But anyway, more uh, voter suppression and illegal shit going on, right? So 2016, Virginia was having issues with their voter registration system. This year, same exact thing happened again. Supposedly, there was an accidental 
cut cable and it caused the whole entire system to go down before the last day of registration to vote. So, um, yeah, they out here cheating. They're going to steal this vote no matter what. So please, please, please make sure you do everything in your power to get out there and, you know, get this shit done. We can't have another four years of Cheeto Man. Last piece of news. Yesterday, Tory Lanez was supposed to have his arrangement hearing. He is up on 22 years in jail, which is not enough. But his lawyer, Sean Holly, requested a continuance. So it was granted and he did not enter a plea. However, the judge has issued a protective order against Tory. So he has to stay away from Megan and he has to give up any guns that he owns. The I, like this whole situation has pissed me off, really. Um, I've seen women defend Tory talking about, oh, yeah, he's repenting all this bullshit. No, like people who defend Tory Lanez, I put them in the same exact category as people who have defended R. Kelly and continue to do so. Like it's fucking nasty. It's ridiculous. And especially when it comes to women, because I'm like, this could be you. And especially when it comes to these celebrities, like people lose their senses and they don't realize that if they put themselves in their shoes, they would not want this whole um, apathetic stance against what's going on against them, you know. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things of, you know, just pray for Megan. She is the one that really is the victim here. Um, fuck anybody else who thinks otherwise. And, you know, lock Tory Lanez the fuck up, throw away the key. And that's that's what it is. You know what I mean? We stay staying with Megan over here for real. And I, I ain't going to lie, I almost got pulled into the whole Twitter back and forth. But then I realized I'm a grown ass man, you know, and when you're arguing with fools, necessarily from afar, people cannot tell who the fool is within that conversation. So, you know, my black finger is ready and, you know, I enjoy utilizing that muscle. So please, anybody else who would like to defend Tory Lanez, make yourself known so I can kindly block you. Appreciate it. All right. So if you have been paying attention to the Real Talk Session series, Instagram and YouTube, we have been very active. You know, we got two series out right now. The Melanated Mental Health Moment Quarantine Edition, you know, trying to get people tips and advice how to deal with this time, especially when we're about to go into the cold season. You know, a lot of people are going to be in the house and with the lack of sunlight out there, you know, you're not receiving the vitamin D, which gives you the happy hormone. So we're trying to make sure that people have the tools and coping skills needed to deal with this tough time, especially we're in the pandemic, too. So, you know, making sure that our people are good because it's time for us to get right mentally. Now, I mean, you can't have the physical without the mental. And it's time for us to really put an emphasis on that, you know. And October is Hoodoo Heritage Month. So we have the collab with the amazing it's juju bay who this is her episode she kind of got like the real talk session series takeover but it is greatly appreciated i mean because if you are here spending the knowledge and you're out here about advancing black communities we, we we got you um so yeah that's coming up you know make sure you're checking out these videos we dropped the first uh episode yesterday intro to hoodoo so if you are interested in what it is you know it's not no demonic shit it's black shit but you know uh, we're gonna talk more about it later on this episode so please share the podcast, you know, the miseducation of people has been growing greatly and it's truly appreciated. Shout out to all the followers out there. Um, you know, I don't do this shit for clout. I just do this shit to get the shit off my chest, really, and to help my people out. So make sure you are rating, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast. 
And when you rate review, that definitely pushes us up on the charts that allows for people to see what we're doing. So similar to, you know, like the Instagram um, algorithms and all that shit. Same thing, you know, just write a quick review. Five second style. Still your man's phone. Ladies, go ahead. Review on that joint. You know, subscribe on there. Take your, your homegirl stuff. You know, fellas, go ahead. Stop. Stop acting all tough and shit. Go ahead. Rate, review, subscribe. And I mean, help a brother out. You know, sign up for our email list. Um, we have some stuff coming out, and also we want to make sure y'all are informed. Uh, we also going to be sending out some information about um, some housing stuff because it is getting real out here, and you know we're just trying to be a resource to the people. Um, so that is in the show notes. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Real Talk Session Series, and let us know your thoughts. You can follow me on Twitter, Real underscore Mr underscore Morgan. I be talking about shit, but I don't be talking about shit. But, you know, I just be having fun out here, you know. Get that merch. All of the proceeds goes towards helping us expand our efforts to bring easily accessible education and resources to back communities across the country. It does take a lot of resources to our end. You know, we spend our own money. And, you know, we are trying to get across the country. You know, we and it costs to travel. So, please make sure you are um, supporting us via that way. Or, if you would like to donate... That is an option. Please visit realtalksessionseries.org. We're just trying to connect y'all with the people who we feel will be able to move us forward. And, you know, we got some dope, dope people in this country. So, you know, we're trying to highlight people. Um, so, you know, we're trying to make it happen. But a little update on me. Um, I've been very uneasy and ready to curse people to fuck out. Right. Um, I had to really remember. I'm like, what's going on with me? But then I had to remember that depression can show up in a form of anger and rage and trust me that that hawk that ape that is within me it wants to come out and necessarily it's not in the physical form of lashing out on people but it's more so a verbal form you know my tolerance for bs and those who mess with my peace is extremely low um so i'm really trying to practice just kind of you know cooling down you know i had to actually go to my calm spot which is the beach went out there to read a little bit and relax just catch the waves and all that stuff like water is healing for me so you know how to do that but it's been real over here it's not always just bright lights and all that shit it, it's you know i'm a human being you got ups and downs you know healing isn't linear you're gonna have your days where you down you gonna have your days where you up but one thing i really try to push towards myself is that you know Every time I fall down, I get it back up stronger than ever. I mean, so it's 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 life. I mean, everything is temporary and temporary is subjective. You know, temporary can be a day. It can be a week. It can be a month, whatever, you know. But, um, you know, I, I think really it's because my patience is running thin waiting for the next move. You know, um, I've always been a supporter of everybody. Um, and, you know, one thing that I keep remembering and reciting to myself is that, if you can stand and cheer with the other fellow stars, you know, that's a quick line from a test of a man. But, you know, my people, they're doing amazing things. And it's like, damn, when is my shit coming? You know, um, I know it is coming because I'm putting in that work, but I'm exhausted, y'all. I just want my big win. Yeah, the accolades are cool. But like Nipsey said, this time is for the money. I don't need credit for real. Um, I'm truly working on expressing gratitude during this time frame, you know, of waiting um, because studies have shown that consistently doing this, it allows for the brain to 
rewire to become happier. It's easier said than done. It's truly a battle, but you know, I'm trying my best to stay in the fight, but I'm tired y'all for real. Um, and honestly, I have no choice but to go forward because shit isn't going to come to me, you know, but I'll be straight though. It's, it's whatever. Today's episode was really special to me. Well, it, it is special to me. Now, I mean, um, especially with everything that's going on. My fuck you saying especially, but whatever. <laughs> we, we just flown over here, man. With everything that is going on in society right now, it really is spiritual warfare. A lot of unexpected things are occurring that seem like it's common sense of why would that occur, but now it's occurring really. And for us, you know, we have people who play different roles in the revolution. You know, uh, we see that in a lot of our brothers, sisters, and individuals on the front lines with the protests, which is greatly appreciated. Um, but we all have our own respective roles. You know, um, we have the front lines. We have the strategic communications people like I am, uh, those people who provide funding and resources and are spiritual healers. My goal of the show was to really get into some black empowerment shit because we aren't getting it from elsewhere, you know, and necessarily if we are, it's influenced by money or the bullshit or it's just some straight coonery for real. And one of the biggest lessons I learned is that redirections are a blessing. Um, I, I used to feel some type of way prior to understanding that and thinking like, damn, I was doing everything to the best of my abilities, people's jobs, etc. you know, um, that were once extremely significant in my life were removed within the past two, three years. But in exchange, I received more amazing people and things to, you know, replace them. And necessarily one of those things was me finding my voice. So, you know, you may be going through some tough times right now, but realize that that redirection is for a reason. Definitely. So, you know, like I said, my role is to be strategic communications to help get this stuff out there. But if shit pop off that that ape, that monster I was telling you about earlier on, I mean, if it got to come out, it'll come out <laughs> for real. But um, I'm hoping that it does not get to that point. But in terms of the redirection, you know, I've, I've been put in connection with a lot of amazing people and one of those amazing people that have been put into my path is juju bay from a little juju podcast so y'all heard me bring her up in episode 111 about her teachings about tapping into the ancestors which saved me from considering suicide but we're gonna really get into that in this episode um because it definitely is something that i think that a lot of people need to hear and she is knowledgeable beyond her years definitely so I let's get into the conversation. You, what's going on, Juju? Thank you for coming on to the Miseducation of the People. Hey, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I definitely want to uh, first off start off by saying, you know, thank you for sharing your wisdom about tapping into our ancestors. Um, when I was experiencing suicidal ideation, that information helped to pull me from the darkness and to accelerate my mental health journey. So I don't take that lightly. So that's why, you know, I wanted to contribute my gift of video to help you spread your word because mm -hmm. I'm positive there's many more people uh, that need to hear your message. So thank you for that one. Definitely. Wow. Um, secondly, course. your theme song is fire. So that got me hooked too. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I'm petty. So I be judging people by their theme songs and most of them shit is trash. But, you know, it's all good. Yours is, yours is fire. It's fire. You know, hey. I be over here singing sometimes. So I ain't going to put the vocals on, on online right now, which I'm going to get it later on. <laughs> Uh, you silly oh, well i appreciate that shout out to my homeboy max for uh making that beat for me 
Definitely, definitely. But you, you, you got some vocals, you know. You know, I, mean? I can sing a little bit. You know, I, I can hold a note. But no, I am a singer. So, I mean, I, I did want to have a fun theme song. So I appreciate you showing the theme song some love. <laughs> nah, no, no problem at all. You kept that definitely, you know what I mean? And, you know, I got some bars from my theme song. It's going to come eventually. But, you know, it, okay. it's down the line. And speaking of bars, you did run from the high fire freestyle. I tried to drop on you when we met, but it's all good, though. It's fine. Next time. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But, um... So let's go ahead and um, tell the people who you are and where your journey started uh, to this current point. So mm-hmm. let's kind of go through like that timeline. Okay. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Juju Bay or Juju, and I am a healer. I'm a hoodoo practitioner, so I practice hoodoo, which I'm sure we'll get into. I also practice Ifa, which is a Yoruba religion, and I'm a Reiki practitioner as well. So I do energy healing. At one point, I was also doing readings because I am a psychic uh, medium, but I'm not doing those right now. But yeah, I, I talk a lot about ancestral connection. I talk a lot about spirit um, and connecting to those spirits in order to get free, in order to be well, in order to feel well. And I've been doing, well, I've been practicing hoodoo in a sense of calling myself a hoodoo practitioner and, and studying for about four years, um, maybe five years. But I mean, I've always kind of been a very spiritual person. I've always been very religious and actually liked religion for the most part, Um, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't always identify with being Catholic, which is what I was raised as. Um, And, you know, I questioned a lot of things and I eventually left and I was I was um, looking into (laughs) being Buddhist and I was Buddhist for a little bit. I was Baha'i. I was looking at to be a Muslim. Like I pretty much had my like hand a little bit into all religions because I was like, I need something that just makes me feel centered and grounded and good. And I went through a lot of different things and, and stumbled, I guess. Well, not stumbled, but I guess remembered the connection with my ancestors. And it's been lit ever since. <laughs> okay, nah, definitely. And I think too, it's like really we're led down different pathways to gain different experience because necessarily you can't gather wisdom without going through different experience. And one of the things too, that really shocked me, I'm like, Oh, you're mad wise, but I realized that you were a little bit younger. So I'm like, what? But you know, (laughs) that's a part of the journey. So, you know, definitely I I feel that those um, influences have, you know, built you up to who you are today. So it definitely was necessary. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. so can you really briefly explain the difference between hoodoo and voodoo? Because oftentimes we see in the mainstream that, you know, it's all of our, our black practices are seen as evil. And one thing that I appreciate about you always talking about in your podcast is decolonizing our thoughts, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to religion. So can you explain the difference between the two? Because it sounds very similar. So I just want to make sure that people understand the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. So basically... If we start from the beginning, our ancestors, you know, wherever they may. And when I say our ancestors, I'm talking about black people um, and specifically I'm a black American person. So, yeah. But our ancestors coming from Africa, of course, were kidnapped and enslaved and brought to the United States and brought to the Americas. Well, all over the Americas, not just the United States. But while they were in Africa, they had belief systems. They had spiritual technologies. They had deities. They had um yeah, they had spirits that they worshipped, work that they did with the land. They had a whole belief system. Mm. And so during that uh, period of enslavement and entrapment and trauma, they still carried and held a lot of those same belief systems. Now, depending on where our ancestors may have landed, so whether they landed in Brazil or in South Carolina, they still carried those ideas and mm. beliefs, but they morphed and changed depending on 
where they moved to and where they went to and how they were influenced by that the particular colonizer of that land. So the ancestors who came to the United States, um, they, like I said, held their indigenous beliefs, but also had to change them up, switch them up because we in a new place, we in a new land, it's new energy, new spirits, new traumas, new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had to morph and through that morphing and um, yeah, based that and that change, then different spiritual traditions were evolved uh, and grew. So hoodoo is the one that kind of grew and evolved in the Southern United States of America. And it is the it is the veneration of ancestors and spirits and also understanding the land and the spirits of the land to be able to get free and to be able to heal ourselves and to be able to protect ourselves. Cause obviously our ancestors were in a very dangerous uh, situation, obviously. Um, and so um, now the difference with voodoo is that I will say some people do use them interchangeably. So some people call voodoo, 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 hoodoo, because they are very similar. However, voodoo is more specifically um, most of the time it's referring to, the practice in New Orleans. So maybe um, the tradition looked a certain way. It wouldn't look how it, maybe I'll say it like this. In Mississippi, the work is not going to look the same as it does in New Orleans because it's different land. It's different people. Uh, yeah. New Orleans has an influence of Catholicism because that was the major religion there. So this is how yeah. Catholicism is impacting um, our indigenous beliefs and hoodoo and voodoo. So voodoo is more of the New Orleans version and the New Orleans understanding and immersion of a new religion, while hoodoo is just sort of like the overall um, practices that may be in other places outside of New Orleans. But they're very similar. They are very, very, very similar. It's just sort of location, I would say. Okay, got you. Got you. Yeah, because I never heard of uh, hoodoo prior to your podcast. Mm-hmm. But I always heard about voodoo. And um, I, I love going to New Orleans. And I mean, New Orleans, like y'all be saying out there and shit. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But like I always heard about voodoo from there and then, you know, the shows and whatnot. But when I heard about hoodoo and like how it kind of was basically it is our black history. Right. And really looking at different religions, that's something that I had to realize that it's just people's respective um, histories and Mm -hmm. their culture sprinkled in with it, you know, because with me, I was extremely naive and I had a stigma when it came to anything that was outside of Christianity, um, uh, Islam or catholic or jewish whatever mm-hmm. so there was this one time in college right this is back when i was a uh hoochie man Lafleur. i mean back in the day <laughs> <laughs> so i went to uh drop off some dick to this girl i had met right <laughs> so <laughs> i had saw in her room that she had some crystals on the bed and some other stuff and i'm like what's going on because mm. at that time i was never exposed to it and then I found out that she was weak, Wiccan. And then I'm like, nah, l- let me get out of here. Because, you know, with everything that was going on with, like, the media and saying, showing that, you know, all that stuff was kind of evil. And then just the miseducation and mis- being misinformed on my part, I was shook. But now that I'm older and I realized that, okay, people have the different things that they believe in. And Christianity is not the only thing that, you know, right. that that's the thing. Right. I mean, because, like, I was born and raised in the church. My family has their own church and all that stuff. So... We just knew Christianity and uh, Baptist, mm-hmm. Baptist uh, religion, whatever. Right. So did you ever have a period in your life where you were misinformed and avoided the spiritual practice due to stigma? Uh, wait, so before we get into that, you didn't fuck her because she had crystal on, crystals on the bed? <laughs> nah, I was shook. I was shook. You really uh, like, I, Yeah, I was shook. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> oh, I was shook. okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. That, that's how Mr. Forbes was. Now, I mean, I Listen, know. that's real. That's real. You probably, oh, hell no. Nah. But, yeah. um. 
Okay, so was I ever... Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. So was there ever a point in your life where you were misinformed and kind of avoided spiritual practice due to stigmas? Um, I've always been very curious in regards to religion and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I'm sure but was it something were... that caused you like apprehension to jump into it? You know, like was it something like uh, because yeah. of your background? Yeah, I would say so. Um, Obviously, it never really stopped me or inhibited me. But I would say that there were moments when I was first starting to like build my altar. And, you know, uh, when I got initiated into the Ifa tradition, I was like, hold up now, what did I just do? Because this was my first time going through a process of seeing things be sacrificed, like animals, like (laughs) animal sacrifices, seeing Mm -hmm. all that. And I'm getting pots and I'm just getting all this stuff. And I'm like... Oh hell! I'm like, what if this is all <laughs> devil shit? Like, what yeah. if this is demonic? Like, so I think I, I definitely uh, did go through a phase that just I think the Christianity. I mean, I'm still decolonized, and even though I'm in these practices, I still have things that I carry that were told to me, or things that were told to me were a sin um, that uh, I still hold on to sometimes that I get scared about. But it's, that's not often, but it still happens. So yeah, I think that process it's a it's a lifelong process, really, because we're all impacted by by um colonization especially in our spiritual tradition so constantly reminding myself that like no this is actually my birthright and this is not equal mm-hmm. and, and one thing too i saw um i don't know if it's from you or somewhere else but speaking how missionaries back in the day used to give out bibles and it replaced the word ancestors with evil spirits and demons mm-hmm. and that's something too that I, I like really got passed down the generations that i see especially when it comes to people not being open to other religions, especially, you know, spirituality and African traditional based religions and all that stuff. So what was your family's response when they found out about you practicing? Um, Well, when they found out about me practicing African traditional and like religions of the diaspora, the African diaspora, Mm. they were pretty open, I would say, uh, which was surprising to me. I mean, they haven't always been open to me um, following the beat of my own drum in regards to my religion. But I think by this point, it was like, well, she's just going to do what she do. And you seem to be doing well for yourself and you don't ask us for nothing. So clearly what you're doing working. <laughs> so we cool. We, we cool with it. So they were actually pretty, pretty open. And I, I told my family, I told my grandmother, who is very Christian. Um, mm. And she just kind of responded like, I mean, you know, as long as you keep God first and you know, you psych, but you have dreams about stuff. She's like, so did my mother. You come from people who could do that. So, and I was like, oh, I do? Well, damn, you ain't never told me nothing, nothing like that, but she ain't saying nothing else about it. But she's like, oh, no, you come from people who could do that. Just keep God first. I was like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think, too, it's like stuff like that, it hasn't been really categorized in our families. Mm-hmm. We, we know that certain things like that have occurred, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily put in a specific box. Right. So I think that it really is there. But however, when you put a name to it and they think about the similarities to like voodoo and then mm-hmm. everything they talk about with the mass media, seeing that within it, it's kind of like skews people's perceptions about it. Really, Right. So, right. you know, that's something that I see. So with with someone that's coming out in their practice, but what are some things that you recommend to them when it comes to getting their families to understand what they're 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 learning and studying right um well first i would just say that you know take your time don't feel like you have to tell your family everything immediately like allow yourself to sit in it 
and to see how it works for you and what you're learning from it and what you understand from it and how it's been beneficial to you. And then once you kind of feel comfortable and confident in what you believe in, then I think it's okay to open it up to others because you don't want to be influenced by what they have to say about your tradition. Like if you want to tell your family, tell your family because that's what you want to do and maybe you want to bring them in, but don't feel like you need their approval to do something that is within your right and your and within your birthright. Um, I would also say that, you know, once you move past or through that, you know, give examples of how you've experienced these, you know, spiritual moments or the dreams that you may have had or be like, you know, remember one time grandma said that she had a dream that aunt so-and-so was pregnant and she was pregnant. Like that's an example of like how we have gifts within this lineage and we don't call it stuff, but like Mm. we, we be talking about stuff here or how we just do random things around the house that may not make quote unquote, not make sense. Or we have these old wives tales within our family, quote unquote. Mm. So it's there. It's not like you're doing something that's completely not within your family. I'm sure it's somewhere in your family. It's just it's just calling it something and being more intentional about naming it and then doing it more consistently. But that's it. Yeah. It's it's what we do. It's what we've always done. Nah, I definitely feel you on that. And one thing too uh, that you spoke about in one of your classes was about some of the rituals that we do already within the black family. So mm-hmm. like, I never knew black eyed peas and collard greens on New Year's Day was a hoodoo type thing. Mm-hmm. My grandmother did this all my life. You know what I mean, right. so it's one of those things where I'm very interested in talking to her about what are some other things that we did in the past mm-hmm. because our family is very spiritual. We have the family Bible and all that stuff. So I'm really curious. It's like, what else is there? Because our history is oratorical. We don't have it written down in books. Right. It's more so through conversation that comes out. Yes, it is. So, but speaking of stories, right? It was, I think it was the Black Spirits Matter event that you had. Uh, there was a story mm-hmm. that you told about Frederick Douglass um, during the times of mm-hmm. enslavement. Can you briefly share that story with the people? Because I found it extremely intriguing. And I'm sure that people will want to hear this too and seeing how Hoodoo has played a big role in freeing our people or protecting our people. Basically, long story short, Frederick Douglass was enslaved at one point and they said his 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 slave master was horrible. Like he would just beat Frederick whenever he didn't have to do anything. Like he was just known as a slave master that just was absolutely horrible to um, people that he owned. All slave masters were horrible, by the way, but they just said his was real bad. So one time, he, uh, the the slave master had just really, really, really gave Frederick a a pretty bad beating. And so Frederick ran off into like a wooded area and um, just to like, I got to get out of this, just to recalibrate and just, because he really, he really got messed up from that one. And so while he was there in the woods, he ran into, um, a practice, a root, a root doctor, basically. I can't remember if it was a root man or a woman. I don't remember. Um, but ran into a root doctor, which is somebody who knows the herbs, knows somebody who knows the land, the plants, and how to use them for medicinal purposes and spiritual purposes. Mm. So they like, oh, Frederick, I've been waiting for you to come. I've been waiting for you. I've been looking for you. I've been waiting for you to come. And so Frederick's like, what do you mean? It's like, I've been, I've been wanting to give you this root to protect yourself um, from, from your slave master. This will help you. This will help you get out of the situation that you've been in. This will help you stand up to him. And Frederick's like, I can't stand up to him. That man is, he be beating me. Like, do you see me? He's like, nope, you need to just take this route. And when you go back, you're going to be good. You're going to be able to get out of your situation. 
So Frederick Douglass was like, I mean, whatever, I'll take anything. I guess I'll just listen to this random crazy person who's hanging out in the woods and then gave me this root. So he just says, yep, just put the root in your pocket, in your right pocket and go. So he did that, put the root in his right right pocket and went back to um, the plantation. And he goes up to his slave. His slave master says something to him like, hey, Frederick, well, says something. And Frederick Douglass basically stands up to him and whoops his ass. <laughs> like he completely beat the brakes right. off of his slave master. And he was he he almost didn't even realize how he was able to do that. Cause he never stood up to him before. He never showed out like that. But he just had so much strength to be able to do that. And yeah, he whooped his ass and was able to get out of that situation. And so it, a lot of that story, people tell that story to talk about the power of the root that was given to him. And that particular root is what we understand as high John, the conquer root or high John root. Um, and that is one that brings success. It brings um, liberation from, you know, the system of white supremacy. It brings confidence and power and, and deep protection. And so we see an example of that through Frederick Douglass's story. Okay, okay. Now, I appreciate you sharing that story. Mm-hmm. And um, outside of Frederick Douglass, who are some other people, his, uh, famous historical black figures, of course, because we don't give a fuck about anybody else. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of Frederick Douglass, who were some of the other people who were either hoodoo practitioners or benefited from hoodoo? That is a really, really good question. Um, oh, who were hoodoo practitioners? I mean, Zora Neale Hurston, who was a, a writer and also an anthropologist. I was initiated actually into hoodoo, but she wrote a lot about hoodoo and she wrote a lot about um, folk tales. Um, I, I personally think, so a lot of these are people, there's, there's people that I think in my mind practice hoodoo, but again, yeah. it's not always something that people are shouting from the rooftops. It's just kind of what we did. I think I did read a story, and I could be wrong, but I think Cornell West told a story in a book about going to a root man or or someone in the South, and he was sick around something. He was like, I don't know, but they they took some plants and mashed it up and put it on this thing, and I was healed, and I still don't know what it was to this day. Uh, somebody has sent me that. So I would say that there's there's a lot of people who benefit from, from hoodoo, I mean, or from the works. I think even... Just all of us who have had an elder in our life tell us to take something that maybe didn't make sense or or those of us yeah. who are from the South, when you had people out picking something and giving you something, you're like, what is this? This is nasty. But then you know that you felt better or you had to do something weird, put on the bottom of your foot, but you were healed. Yeah. So I think that is just an experience that all black folks have had, famous or not. Like if you've had that experience, you've, you've, you've uh, contacted, <laughs> you've been in contact with hoodoo as a healing practice. Okay, now that's dope, definitely. And I, I like how you brought up too, like how Zora Neale Hurston had kind of like her practice within the writing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that kind that kind of pushed me towards like this next que- next question about music in general, because mm-hmm. like I've heard many people talking about uh, music being somewhat spiritual and kind of having like almost spells within it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you think about all the down South clubs where, you know, the crunk music and it's like a certain energy and sometimes fights break out and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But actually one time in college, we tell you, right. So there was a fight over Beyonce freakum dress and it was dudes and it's the hood in Patterson. So I don't understand where that energy came from for that song. (laughs) I mean, but do you feel like definitely like that, that music 
particularly like I know back in the day with drums and whatnot, but are there any particular instruments that can really, I guess, would be more powerful when it comes to invoking spirit or anything else? So mm. like thinking like drums, guitars, whatever. I don't know if, if one is more powerful than the other. I mean, I will say that drums are extremely powerful because drums are an ancestral, you know, just percussion mm. in general and being able to make beats. That's how people originally, I mean, yes, originally and still call on spirits through mm. specific sounds and drum beats and drum patterns. Um, so absolutely drums, but also like our voices, you know, our voices are instruments, which is why they say you should pray out loud. Um and singing out loud. And I, I know my ancestors go up when I sing. They go up mm. when I sing. And and I think we see that in churches too. Like if somebody can really blow, you you, pe- you people in there crying, they shouting, they screaming, they running, they like something about a voice yeah. can really take us to different places. And so praising through our voices, praising through drums, praising through, um, I, I, I think music in general is how a lot of our ancestors made it. I really, really do. And there's there's such a power that that happens in music. I mean, we know that music literally runs our culture and the culture, whether we want to admit it or not. So there's definitely something mm-hmm. that a spirit there's a spirit in music that I think we could also be utilizing a lot more too. Yeah, definitely. And, and like especially when I think about that, I think about the church. Mm-hmm. And you know, people catching tongues, mm-hmm. people just shouting, dancing all stuff like so I do feel like that's there, you know, but I always wanted to defer to the expert when it comes to stuff because I could think about it. You know what I mean? I could deduct reasoning like I'm good with that, but, you know, I don't know everything. So mm-hmm. that's the thing, really. And um, more so about your community uh, work. Um, right now, we are in a very, I, I say we honestly be in spiritual warfare right now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of weird shit going on um, mm-hmm. that I don't understand how we're being twisted and turned certain ways. And, you know, uh, you, you've been doing some work out in the community. Um, I saw a video of you singing. It was a, a drum mm-hmm. circle. I wanna let nobody Oh, <laughs> 
In terms of community work right now, what is some of the stuff that you're doing um, to heal and empower um, the community where you live at? Mm-hmm. So um, the video that you saw was a ring shout, which is actually a traditional uh, hoodoo practice that our ancestors did of like walking in a circle. And You said ring like R-I-N-G? Mm-hmm. Ring shout. Okay. Um, I that one up. Mm-hmm. Of walking in a circle and singing and praising. And typically with shuffling, which we weren't necessarily doing, but we would, we would call it on the ring shout energy. And mm. so I, I recently have been trying to use my voice in singing. Um, again, like I just talked about song being so important in a way to call on spirits. I've been I've been using my voice to call on spirits, to praise, to venerate the spirits that are around. So there I was singing about and to Black people who were present, but also it was an event to honor uh, Black women whose lives were taken um, mm. I think all of them were either murdered by the police or um, by intimate partners. So that was a song for them, you know, for them to heal, for them to be uplifted and for all the black women and femmes who were there to be uplifted as well. So I have been doing uh, public events like that. I also recently started to do pop up readings in the city with my homegirl Coco. And basically, we just go around Baltimore. I'm actually going this this week too, and we just pop up a, some tape, a table, and some chairs, and mm. put free readings. And whoever comes over comes over. But we just speak over them. We pray with them, but we also give them information from loved ones who may have passed. Um, and I was giving out spirit. I made spiritual baths for the city, so if people came and they were asking questions, you know, we just you know, being two mediums and talking to them. And I'm like, okay, you also need to take this spiritual bath for three days to help you with this thing. Um, yeah. And then I also like to, and I have been giving out Hajan root, which is the root that we were talking about with. Um, appreciate Frederick you. Appreciate Douglas. you. Hook me up once. <laughs> I did. I with Frederick Douglass, but I, I like to give those out to people that I'm in community with or who I'm around or who I think may need one or just giving them out in the city, which is something that I've been doing as well. So you know, just trying. And then also just with my community, just with the podcast, you know, being another form of my community and also Reiki that I do. Make sure y'all rate, review, subscribe, a little juju podcast out there. All okay, right, go check period. It out. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's some of the things that I'm, that I'm doing, but I'm working on some other ideas to keep, keep the energy flowing and just do what I can do as a spirit worker at this time. Okay. No, that's definitely dope. And necessarily right now, I feel that it's very important for black men to hold themselves accountable and get their shit right. I mean, so that's why I like I do this podcast and try to really be an example of showing like you can go from being not shit to being somebody that's out here trying to make change and be an example (laughs) to help people. Because I I mean, we all have our past. We all have our history and all that stuff. Me too. But the thing is that you're allowed to grow and evolve as a person and the power is within your hands to do that. Yes, it is. So what are some reliable resources and keyword non-problematic resources for black men um, to really get in touch with their history, especially when it comes to hoodoo? 
<sighs> That's a really good question, Taryn. And we're gonna put this in the show notes too. So I mean, if you don't got it right now, we'll put it in later. I mean, we can't put it in later, but I think my response to that question is not the response that I want to have, but it's like I don't know. Like I it's mm-hmm. I feel like it's really difficult for me to one answer questions about men in hoodoo because there are a lot of men in hoodoo however i don't feel as connected to them or know who they are in particular ways um to be able to give resources um i'm like i don't know if there's any books or any i'm there probably are youtube video it's just like i'm not hip i'm I'm not hip to it and so i i think that there actually is a call for more men i mean i do know men who practice hoodoo but like for more men to be very vocal about their practices. I mean, and especially, do I know of anything that's specific to black men healing or in hoodoo? I don't. And I don't think that there are enough resources. I think that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, gotcha, gotcha. I will say that there is someone who, hold on, I'm going to look up um, Emmanuel. Yes. Who is ELBJ on on Instagram. He's a hoodoo practitioner and he said something to me recently about doing some specific kind of works and readings for exclusively black men. So mm. that's the one place that I can point to right now. Um, I think he has some things cooking. So yeah. All right, bet, bet. And I appreciate that definitely. And um, for y'all out there listening, if I see anything, I'll pass it forward. I got to confirm <laughs> with you first just to make sure it's real because, you know, that's I don't cool. know. I'm, I'm learning right now, but, you know, if that's okay with you because, you know. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it, definitely. So let's move on to something that I've been hearing about a lot recently and probably could have happened with the Wiccan lady, but I don't know, really. So Mm -hmm. what is sex magic and what are the basics of it? Sex magic is basically a practice to be able to manifest or bring about some type of change in your life using the energy of sex. So Mm. and using the energy of orgasm as well as that act of sex itself it can be with yourself or it can be with somebody else but yeah it's just being intentional about the energy that you're using um in in sex during sex so like Mm -hmm. but but like how does that work if one wants to try it or practice it whatever um it's basically like you are thinking of what intention that you're trying to set set before you engage in sex Um, So, you know, I want to do sex magic so that I can um, get a promotion from my job. So I have that idea in my head and then I engage in sex. And while I'm engaging in sex, I'm thinking about, you know, getting a promotion. That's kind of the energy that's kind of fueling the sex in a way. Um, And then, you know, when you reach orgasm, you, you are allowing yourself to feel the energy of receiving the promotion. So it's it's really a lot of visualization is what it is. Okay. But there's a lot of energy that happens when we have sex. Like it's 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 all energy. And so it's just yeah. being intentional about using all this really powerful energy towards visualizing and manifesting what it is that you want. Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing I've been thinking too, like especially when it comes to just being close to somebody and barely touching their body. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's, that's kind of like Reiki, correct? Or no? What do you mean? So I noticed for me, it's like sometimes if I 
put my hand close. Well, actually, this happened with like my my ex. So if I put my hand close, it feels like it's kind of like an energy exchange or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it kind of I'm thinking like it's kind of like a magnified version of that sex magic almost. I'm thinking so like is Reiki kind of connected to that at all or no? I mean, Reiki is just energy healing work um, that okay. has nothing to do with sex necessarily. It's just energy healing. It's tapping into energy centers within the body. Typically, people work with chakras when they're doing Reiki, which is like different okay. energy points. And it's gotcha. just bringing balance and healing to those energy points. Okay. So I thought there was like a connection there or something like that. But okay, cool, cool, cool. What is something that you wish you knew when you first started your practice? Oh, I wish. Oh, God, it's so many things. I wish I was prepared for the. I, I mean, think about race. one wish right now. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. That's a really good question. Um. I mean, these spirit, these practices are deep, like. They're not surface level. They're not about being cute. They're not just about an aesthetic, even though I love an aesthetic and I'm about aesthetics. But it's so much more than that. Like it is going to rattle some shit in your life in a good way for your for your good. But I wasn't I don't think I've ever engaged in any spiritual traditions that like cause me to constantly question like myself that that prepared me to decolonize. Like we always talk about decolonizing, but that's not easy. That shit is hard because that means Fast. that this, a lot of the things that we believed or trusted are lies. And we have to, t- and like yeah. things that we rooted ourselves in things that we built things on relationships, on jobs, everything. So I wish I knew to, I think I just wish I knew to like, just, allow that shit to just happen more like it's it's better when you don't try to resist it but you just go because this shit is deep (laughs) like i don't even know if that's a thing to know before but just like you're you're tapping into some some shit that's old so Mm. it's gonna shake some shit up but it's all gonna be for your benefit i wish someone could have sat me down and really prepared me but you know you learn through the journey and that's something interesting too. It just sparked the thought for me, right? Because when when I think about it, because my family we come from farmers, so mm-hmm. before you actually are able to sow the ground, you have to go ahead and prepare it. So you do the rototiller to you know get the oxygen within there. So it's kind of like you're shaking up the soil to prepare it mm-hmm. to receive a seed, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, when I think about my mental health journey dealing with depression, and anxiety, when it first happened, it kind of was like. I truly felt like electricity surged in my brain. Everything that I locked away from childhood trauma, all that good stuff came back in that instance. And ever since then, I was able to really receive messages and downloads. Like this whole idea for my company, this podcast came from that period. And I never had ideas like that before. So do you feel that mental health um, conditions kind of are kind of like a gateway towards that, like opening your ability to tap into the spiritual realm, you think? Do I think mental health conditions are like people who are like experiencing disorders, like mental health disorders? And what do you mean? Yeah, in a sense, almost kind of like being like a an antenna, like in a, to receive different information and whatnot. Because I'm just thinking about my journey and whatnot, because before I never really had 
the ability to think about certain things or connect certain things to make it into something that's fruitful and whatnot. So in your opinion, do you think that that has, I guess, some connection into spirituality almost in a sense? Because I know um, I've heard sometimes with like people being psychics or whatnot, people are, they sometimes get put into hospitals because they think that they're talking to themselves or psychosis and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there's some kind of connection there possibly? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is a connection there with some, in some instances, yes. Uh, I do feel that, I mean, mental health is, is a lot. It's, it's just, it can, it can be a lot. I mean, we're experiencing a lot. So it's no surprise also that people are genuinely experiencing depression and anxiety because there's a lot to be depressed about um, yeah. in a world such as this one. So, you know, it is, it, it, it makes sense why so many people deal with, um, deal with mental health issues, me being one of them and having, I have a very long, 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 long history of mental health stuff. So, mm. um, but I will say on top of the very real impacts that we have from uh, mental health issues, there, there are examples of people who, um, experience, and are very psychic. They are very clairvoyant. They are very claircognizant, meaning that they can hear and they can see and they can experience. And they are often, um, you know, drugged up or put into hospitals, et cetera, because their gift has just basically been out of control. And we don't live in a society that's going to foster those people to be like, okay, you're seeing like this. This is how you calm a spirit down. This is how you cast away a spirit. This is how you can turn on your psychic sight and turn it off. Like this is, we don't have that type of training anymore. Yeah. We don't live in a place that fosters that. So it is, it's possible that those experiences get amplified. And so people actually do feel like they're losing it or they are seeing things or they are being told to do horrible things because it's a spirit on them or because they've lost control of their gifts because we don't live in a place that fosters those gifts. So yeah, I do mm -hmm. feel like there is, there is a connection. And a lot of times people who are experiencing psychosis, not always necessarily or schizophrenia, yeah. it is a result of this person is actually just highly spiritual and we do not, we did not, or they did not at least have the tools to be able to get it under control. So yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. My fault y'all, the, the, the questioning was kind of jumbled there. That actually literally just popped in my mind. Cause I was thinking about like instances where people were experiencing stuff like that. And they mm -hmm. said, you know, they can hear angels talking to them all mm -hmm. that, you know, whether it's asking them to do something positive or negative or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So definitely something so very that. interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have this segment on the show where we like to talk about white people. You know, it's, it's fun. You know, it's called the Karen Chronicles. So <laughs> if you can, please share an experience that you had with a Karen, a Chad, a Tanner, et cetera, in your work that you've been doing with spirituality and hoodoo. Hmm. Well, I feel very blessed to say that I don't really interact with white people that much. And particularly, I don't interact with white people um, in hoodoo at all because it's not really a place for them although that does not mean that they have not inserted themselves mm. into the practice but the yeah, only appropriation to right but the only thing that i can really think about it are the emails that i get from karens who are like um i love your work i love your podcast you know i practice hoodoo and i just want to know like if it's okay like a lot of people reach out to me white people reach out to me asking for permission to practice hoodoo mm. like they I'm like, I know it's not for me, but like, 
can I practice it? Because I like you. And I'm like, first of all, they get ignored every single time. I remember one time. Uh, you real, uh, you real, you real. I remember, I remember one time a, 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 a priest in Vodou reached out to me and she was just, she wrote like, she wrote a damn book. Basically, like, I am a Vodou priest and a Haitian Vodou, and my ancestors had slaves, but I know that I think my spirits called me to Vodou um, in wow. order to rectify, you know, the pain that my ancestors caused your ancestors. So if you want a free 30 minute reading, mm. <laughs> I was like, no, you did not just give me, but it was like paragraphs and paragraphs. I'm like, I know you did not just tell me that your ancestors, you know, your ancestors had slaves. Like she knew directly she benefited from that. Then you're going to sit here and talk about you are a priest in Haitian voodoo and that you're willing to offer me a 30 minute reading because what? I was like, girl, I don't want no damn 30 minute reading from your ass. <laughs> so, so, so I'm assuming right there that there's some coons within the spirituality field that are teaching white people our stuff. I'm well, his, well, okay. So this is, this is, Oh, this is I a know whole some Daniel Cameron's probably. I this is know. okay. So yes, there's there's clues everywhere, right? Like there's definitely clues in the ATR um, world, mm-hmm. and then and I will say that there are priests who do initiate white people, and they mm-hmm. say that it is not about their own personal politics, but if the Orisha or the Loa or the deities or spirits are genuine, and divination says like, no, this motherfucker does need to be initiated then mm. that they're like, I'm not about to not listen to a particular deity because of my own ideas. Now, some people are like, it doesn't really matter. Like the spirits just want more people to venerate that. Like, you know, this is a conversation that is happening a lot. So yes, there are coons and yes, there are people who are just like, I'm following what divination is saying about this particular person. And I don't know this person's destiny. Now mm. I don't, I ain't in. I don't know. I'm just saying that's what they be saying. So I'm also gonna say that. Hey, <laughs> I, I hear you on that, and I also know that there's been a long lineage of time coonery for a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I'm like, yeah. So that's that's very interesting. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Definitely appreciate you sharing your time and wisdom with us. Um, you. Can you plug your stuff and let people know how they connect with you? And then at the very end. Um, I want to see if you can leave people with a message just to, you know, help them with whatever they may be going through. So if you want to find me or just hear more about this spiritual stuff that I be talking about in African traditional religion and religion of the diaspora, you can listen to my podcast, A Little Juju Podcast. Um, you can find it on all major podcast platforms. If you just type in Little Juju Podcast, all spelled out how it sounds. Um you can hit me up on Instagram at it's jujube at T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. And you can also follow at a little juju podcast on IG. I'm also it's jujube on Twitter. And uh, you can find me on my website. You can book a Reiki session or, you know, reach out if you got some coins and you want to collab. Uh, com, And I think that's it. Um, uh, make sure you go ahead and tip her. And uh, yeah, <laughs> pass the word, spread the word. I mean, all right. And can you just leave the people with a good message, Reverend Pastor? Uh-huh. I was praying over people this morning. I'm just sending um, an energy of love over everyone listening, an energy of prosperity and generational wealth. Of course, wealth of abundance and finances, but also wealth of our health, uh, mental health, physical health, spiritual health. 
I pray that any issue that you're going through, knowing that you'll be able to move through it with the power of your honorable and loving ancestors with you and your strongest ancestors. And may we all know what it feels like to be free. And we will. So I say I say to that. I say appreciate you, family. And y'all make sure y'all check out the first video of our series that we got the collaboration intro to Hoodoo uh, dropped this week. So, you know, check that out. And we got two more videos for y'all for October because it is Hoodoo Heritage Month. So, Juju, appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. The Miseducation of the People is proudly produced by the Real Talk Session Series, where all we do is provide that Real Talk only. All right, peace. Miseducation of